I was just going to ask for that. Appreciate it. How's everybody doing? Blessed and highly favored, right? <laughs> so I missed seeing you all last week. I don't even know if you missed me, but I did miss you. But I heard Pastor Paul brought a word from God. Woo, I didn't hear. I actually watched it online. And I felt God's presence right in my living room. And I listened to it twice, and I thought, what a prophetic word. I believe the Lord is moving so prophetically in this season, don't you? I think we're living in a supernatural time with Jesus. I, even though it seems troubling in the world, I think for Christians, we're about to enter the best time we've ever had with Jesus. Because I believe God's going to show out his word. I believe he's going to start fulfilling his word like we've never seen before. How many would like to see the Lord start doing the things that we see in the word? Amen? I don't want to play church anymore. Is anybody else with me? I want to be the church of Jesus Christ. I want to be a part of seeing people be saved and healed and delivered and lives transformed by his power. Like, I want to be a part of that. Amen? I'm in the front lines going, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. I am so ready to be a part of what the Lord's doing. And I believe that, Faith Builders, we are just positioned where the Lord wants us to be. Amen. And there's many that haven't been able to make it back, but they're still a part of our body. We love you all, and we miss you so much. And I just can't wait till we can all gather together. Amen. So I'm going to be doing part two this morning on peace in the storm. So if you missed part one, you can go back online and listen to them for free. Um, but I'm talking about peace in the storm and learning how to balance yourself and what's going on in the world today. How many know God is still moving? God still sits on the throne, amen. His word is yes and and that means so be it. So his word didn't stop. It didn't go on pause. Thank you, Jesus. I believe it went on fast forward, actually. And so as the church, I want to really position us to believe God for incredible miracles in this season of the world we're in. Because I want God to show off so big. Amen. So I'm going to share with you this morning uh, three definitions that we talked about two weeks ago about what peace is. And if you have your notebook and a pen, you can pull that out and just encourage you to bring that. Or write in your phone and just take notes, amen? You get so much more out of when you take notes. But uh, the first definition that we learned about peace is that Jesus, God's name is Shalom. Everybody say Shalom. I think we should start greeting each other like that. I like that. Shalom. Just makes me sound spiritual, doesn't it? <laughs> but Shalom is a name of God. Shalom is peace. So listen, we are not ruled by our emotions. Peace is not an emotion. Peace is a person. And his name is Jesus. So that means I don't walk in this world alone. He's with me wherever I go, amen? He never leaves me and he never forsakes me. And so shalom means this. It means harmony. It means wholeness. It means completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. Leave that up there for just a minute. Look at all the things that God is in our life. That no matter what the world looks like, no matter what season of the world that we're in, right, and we're in a crazy one right now, but the word has always been working, God, who walks alongside of us, brings us completeness in the middle of the storm. That means I'm not worried. I'm not wringing my hands. I'm not overwhelmed. I don't look at what the world sees, but I'm looking unto Shalom, God, who is guiding me through this storm. It means prosperity and good welfare. You should be blessed in this season, amen? God wants to bless you. God wants to favor you. God wants to promote you. Listen, God wants to open doors for you. And I believe that God's kids is the season for open doors. 
I believe God wants to take the child of God through an open door because you'll be used for the glory of God. And God wants to show off in this season. I'm going to bring you a message in a couple weeks about a, a revelation the Lord gave me of unexpected um, visit from Jesus. And we're going to talk about that when things look bad, Jesus shows up unexpected. And he releases things that we didn't know he was going to do. And I believe we're living in that season, amen. So God wants you to have peace and tranquility and good welfare. The second definition that we talked about was peace was um, to bind or to weave together. So that means taking the word of God. And as you're reading the word of God, that word is binding itself to you. Isn't that good? That word of God is weaving. The Bible says that the word of God is living and powerful, more than a two-edged sword. So as you're reading God's word, that peace is being put in your DNA. Maybe grandmama worried about stuff. Maybe great-grandma worried. Maybe everybody, you've had this DNA. But when you come into Jesus, you've got the new DNA through the word of God. I've got Jesus thrown through, flowing through my veins. Amen. I've got peace. I've got joy. I've got blessings. I've got favor. I've got prosperity because I've got the word living in me. And that's why we prepare. See, when you're in the middle of the storm, it's hard to go back and look in the index and find what you need from God. Amen? I better have that word, what the Bible says, hidden in my heart. So I'm going to take the scriptures and I'm putting them in my heart right now. Listen, my treasure chest is full. I'm being a piggy for Jesus. I'm putting the word in, putting the word in. Why? Because we are in the middle of a storm. There's so many distractions. There's so many lies. There's so many offenses. There's all this garbage going on in the world. But I've got God's word hidden in my heart. And he's my completeness. He's my peace. He's the one that blesses me in this storm. Amen. And because I've got the word in me, when the storm shows up unexpectedly, I'm able to walk on the water. I'm able to walk on discouragement. I'm able to walk on fear. I'm able to walk on depression. Why? Because I've got the word of God woven on the inside of me. I may be, I may be shaken. I may be blown, but I'm not going to be moved. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why? Because we're standing on the sure foundation, which is the word of God. I believe God's word is full of revelation in this season. I've been saying this for a few weeks. And I just encourage you to take time out of your day, 10 minutes with the word of God. It'll change your life forever. Get your notebook out. Get a pen out. And it may be painful, like, oh, so boring, right? But as you begin to read the word of God, he's going to start speaking to you. He's going to start giving you life. He's going to breathe on you. If we've ever need the true word of God, it's right now. Not to be religious, not to put a feather in our cap, but I need the living word of God breathing over me in this season. If the church of Jesus ever needed a gift of discernment, it's right now. And if there was any gift that I would ask you to pray for, it's the gift of discernment. You can covet them all. I didn't know that when I was young. My dad says, well, you know you can pray for all of them. I'm like, that is so cool. I'm getting all of them. And I, was, I did. I learned how to move in all the gifts. But if there's one we ever need, it's discernment. Hear the voice of God. Discern the enemy. Discern the lies. I'm going to discern the times in the kingdom of God. This is not a doomsday time. This is not the end of the world. There is a great revival coming. Jesus' church is going to arise like never before. God's going to be given the glory, amen? And it's time for the church to get stirred up. It's time for us to get excited. It's time for us to get our, our gifts all active on the inside of me and discern the Holy Spirit that no matter what the world looks like, I see what God sees. Amen? I'm not going to be bent by what the world sees. I'm going to see what Jesus sees. Amen. And then is there a third definition I need to go to? I feel like there was. Yeah, the stabilizer. Peace is a stabilizer. 
That means whatever I'm going through, a stabilizer is something that brings balance to it. What does a stabilizer do? It prevents a breakdown. Listen, when you have the peace of God and you know who God is, I don't have to have a nervous breakdown. I don't have to be overwhelmed by the world. I tell you what I've been doing, I've been shutting out the world. I'm not on Facebook. Every time I open it up, something makes me mad. Every time. And I'm like, it's not, it's not worth my time right now. I don't want to be distracted. I want peace in my storm. I need a stabilizer. I want to see what God sees. I want to hear what God is saying. This is a season where I want to be so in tune with what the Holy Spirit's saying. Because the enemy's going to throw all these distractions and keep the church here, keep the church there. And God's like, no, I'm looking for your attention. Amen. He stabilizes. It prevents a breakdown where we don't have to be worried. So this week, I'm like, well, I wonder what stabilizers are in. Like, I knew they were under houses, and they help keep a house balanced. But do you know that stabilizer is an ice cream? Like, how cool is God? Like, I'm even going to make ice cream for you. Don't tell Pastor Paul. <laughs> it stabilizes. It keeps it held together. Plastic cups has stabilizers in it, keeps it held together. When you have Jesus as your peace, he keeps you held together. I have joy. I have peace. Amen. I have favor. My emotions aren't aligned. Why? Because my peace is my stabilizer. So let's get into this today in Psalms verse, the book of 31. We're going to break down some scripture verses this morning. And in this psalmist of David, he's talking about Jesus being the uh, fortress in adversity. Amen? And we're living in a time of adversity, aren't we? Adversity in your faith, adversity in our ethnicity, adversity in our social class, adversity in what I believe in politics. Come on, somebody. Y'all are on Facebook. You know it's out there. There's so much adversity going on. What do we do as believers when this is happening? Because I can be pulled to the left and to the right, and then all of a sudden I'm in this storm and I don't know how to find my way out. Well, David's been there. He's had enemies come against him. He's had adversity, right? He's had people try to seek and destroy him and talk ill of him. And what did David do? In, in uh, verse 1, it says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. See, we as believers have to go, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. Not in what the world says, not in other people's opinions or belief systems. That don't matter to me. I don't care what politics are saying. I don't care what anybody else is saying. But I'm putting my trust in the Lord. Amen? I'm putting it back in the Lord. And if you look at that word put, it means to have a place of refuge. So as a believer, we have a place of refuge. I have a place I can go to when I'm worried about things, when I'm troubled about things, when I'm angry. Come on, somebody. When I get offended, I have a place of refuge to go to that I'm going to trust in the Lord to be my place of protection. Now, if you study the word trust in this verse here, this particular word trust in this verse only, it means this. It means to seek refuge to confide in, and to hope in. So when you are going through things in this world and you'll wake up tomorrow and something may be troubling you, David is saying you have to put, it means it's action, you have to put your trust and confidence in the Lord. That means I'm not going to confide in the world system. I'm not confiding in my friends and their opinion. I'm confiding in the Lord. I'm confiding and talking to the one who knows the answer. We've got to stop talking to the world to get the answer, talking to other people. But I'm going to talk to the Lord. What do you say, God? 
You say, I have ears to hear your spirit. Speak to me. Show me in your word what you're saying in this season. Show me in your word what I need, what I'm lacking, and where I'm at. I have to put my trust. He is my place of refuge. Your first place of trust is a location. That means when I'm going through something, I'm going to find a place of refuge. I'm going to put my trust and confide in him, put my hope in him, put my joy in him. And that place is a safe place. It's not a place the enemy can come in. It's not a place the world has permission to come in. It's me and Jesus finding and working out whatever I'm going through. And then while I'm confiding in him, he's bringing me to a place of safety. It means a shelter. It means a place from danger or trouble. What does the enemy want to do in this season? If you're discerning the time. All the stuff that we're facing is definitely fruit on the tree. But is that the real problem? Is that really what's going on? Because the enemy wants us to look at this fruit, look at that fruit, look at this, instead of look at what's going on at the root. And that is the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the devil hates the church of Jesus Christ. And the devil hates you. So the root of all of this is demonic and devilish. And the church has to rise up in our authority and say, I'm not going to give in, give my emotions away to the world, but I'm going to step into Jesus because I'm getting away from the trouble of the world and I'm going to receive the peace that God gives me. And listen, only God can give you that peace, amen? Peace doesn't make sense. But when you're in God, you're in a safe place. Everybody say safe place. So he said, I got to put my trust. I'm going to confide in you, God. I'm going to tell you what I'm feeling. I'm going to tell you what I'm afraid of. I'm going to tell you what overwhelms me. And I'm going to give that to the hands of God. Amen. And when you do that, it's like taking a jacket off and giving it away. I'm not, not taking this anymore. I'm going to receive peace and joy, and I'm going to worship God in this storm, knowing that my Jesus is in full control. And I don't know how, I don't know when, and I don't know where, but I know my God. He's never failed from the beginning, and he's not failed in the end. He's coming back for his church. So right in the middle, we know he will never fail us. Amen. It's just us putting our trust in him. Verse 2, what I love this about David, David was always real with God. You know, he always shared, you know, when his enemies came against him, he's like, kill him, God. Let the maggots eat him alive. Like, David was very emotional. He shared everything with God, but I love that about him. So in verse 2, he's like, God, I'm putting my trust in you, but he's got some stuff he's going through. So in verse 2, he says, bow down your ear to me. How cool is that? He said to God, I trust you, but hey, I need to talk to you. I need your attention. He's like, this is like, come on, God, we got to have a conversation. I love that. He was bold. He said, God, I need you to hear me. I want you to hear that I don't like my enemies. I want you to hear that I've been betrayed. God wants to hear from you, and we need to say, God, hear me. Listen, God cares about what's troubling you. I'm not asking you to dismiss your feelings or you shouldn't feel that way. You absolutely should feel how you feel, amen? But I'm going to ask the Lord to bow down his ear so I can speak to him. God, do you hear me? Do you know what I'm going through? Do you know how I'm troubled? Amen? We've got to ask God, come and bow down to me. Now look at verse 6. I have hated those who regarded, who regards useless idols. What was happening? Idols in the world. Everything that raised itself above God. He was done with people who betrayed God. He was done with the enemy seeking to kill him. He was done with people having other idols other than God. 
And if that doesn't sound like today, I don't know what does. Anything that is in the place of God has become an idol. If we're fearful over here, it's become an idol and we've gotten our eyes off of God. If we're looking at the economy, then that's an idol. I'm not looking at God. And he got to a place where he said, I am tired and I'm actually angry about those that are keeping their eyes on idols because they've taken their eyes off of you. We've got to quit looking at the idols of the world, amen? We've got to quit looking at what the world says about who we are as believers. We are spiritual people. We are kingdom people, and we serve a living God. I don't live in the world system. I live to a kingdom authority. And when you know that, in the middle of what's going on, God will bless you. In the middle of what's going on, God will favor you. Why? Because you know who you serve and who you put your trust in. He said, I, I'm tired of those who regard useless idols. I kind of feel like that right now, you know. As the church, let's get our eyes back on Jesus. But he went on to say, but I trust in you, Lord. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I don't know what's going on. Why does the enemy keep coming after me? But I trust in you, Lord. I'm not going to look to what the world's trying to throw at me, but I'm going to keep looking into you, Jesus. And I love verse 8. He said this, the enemy is coming against him, and they have not shut me up into the hands of the enemy. What, what does the world want to do when you're looking at idols? The enemy wants to shut you up. It means to, um, to give you over. The world wants to put restraints on you. The world wants to hold you down. The world wants to say, don't trust God, don't believe. The world says, go in isolation, right? The world wants to put you in this little controlled box. But David said, even though there was idols, I didn't let the enemy shut me up. Why? Because when you come into Jesus, you are free by the Holy Spirit. And he said in Ephesians, Ephesians or Philippians, I forget, but he said, don't go back to the bondage which I set you free from. Don't go back. Why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He's saying, don't go back to the bondage. Listen, before March, we weren't in bondage. Before March, you were dreaming, you were believing, we were building a church, we we're believing God for revival and miracles, and then March happens. Do you think that limits the hand of God because something is going on in the world? No, that actually excites God. That actually excites faith in the believers. Now God can begin to move in signs, wonders, and miracles because his church is looking at him and not at the world. He said, they tried to shut me up, but God says, I've given you the spirit of liberty. Amen. You have liberty to dream in this season. I believe the Christians that will get a hold of this will have favor like you've never seen before. I believe businesses will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. I believe your family members will come to Jesus in this season. Why? Because I live to a kingdom authority. Devil's not going to put me in a box. The world's not going to limit me. Amen. I may have to wear a mask when I go into a store, but that doesn't identify who I am. I am made in the image of Christ Jesus, and I have full authority on earth to exercise my kingdom rights. I don't care about a mask. I'll put it on. Who cares? I still know who Jesus is on the inside of me, and I'm walking in that authority in this season. Amen? So the Lord wants, but what did he go on to say? They have tried to shut me up, but the rest of eight says, you have set my feet in a wide place. See, the devil wants to lock believers down, but God says, uh-uh, if you'll put your trust in me, I'm going to put you in a wide place. That means I'm going to favor you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring things back that were lost. Maybe you feel like you've had missed opportunities. I'm telling you, God's going to give you those opportunities back. 
God is going to bless the believers. Why? Because when you trust him, he opens up wide places for you. You are not bound today as a believer. Amen? The word of God is still working. The word of God is still powerful. That wide there, that word wide means this, a large room. Listen, around you, you have a large room in the spirit. It literally means an open space of favor. That means when you get up tomorrow, you wake up knowing that God has enlarged your capacity. You wake up knowing that in this room, I have favor. In this room, I have blessings. In this room, I have protection, amen. In this room, God wants to restore me. Why? Because God is in the middle of your storm. It's wide. And figuratively, that word literally means liberty. How good is God? When you are trusting him, he gives you liberty. And as soon as fear wants to come over you, as soon as things want to overwhelm your heart, you have to put on Jesus. Amen. You've got to put your trust back into the place of refuge. Go to refuge. How do we do that? How do we go to that place of protection with the Lord? Through the word and worship. That's how I find refuge. If I want to go to a place of peace, I'm only going to find it through the word of God. That's why change something up in your, in your life. You know, if you have a long drive to work, pop in a worship CD or whatever they do fancy now. Put a worship song on. Instead of listening to the radio or nothing, put on a worship song. Why? I'm going to go to that place of refuge. Maybe put on a short teaching. Take 10 minutes in the word of God. We need a place of refuge with the Lord. The only way you can wake up in peace is to find where God is, and that's in his presence. Amen. We've got to be willing to, uh, David said, he put it on. He put it in. We've got to be willing to do something. Peace isn't just going to magically happen. You're going to have to get up when something troubles you and get right into that refuge place, that place of safety, of protection. Amen. It's a place. But what I want to show you in verse 14, as David goes on, he says, but as for me, the enemy's still coming against him. And again, remember, he's talking real with God. And then he goes, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. All this is going on in my life, but I trust in you, O Lord. And if you look up that translation, trust, remember, the first time he said, I put my trust, it was a place. It was God's presence. The second time, the third time he used trust, that word trust means this. It means confidence, uh, to feel safe. To be careless, careful, like to be, yeah, careless, bold, and secure. So what I want you to see is the first place you have to go is in the presence of God. The results of it is a place that you feel safe and secure and you feel bold. See, the only way that you can feel the emotions that you really feel peace is to first get into his presence. It's no other way. You're not going to feel peace and then, oh, well, there's God. God's like, no, come to me when you're worried. Come to me when you're overwhelmed. Come to me when you're angry and frustrated. Come to my place of refuge. The result of that, I'm going to make you bold and courageous. It doesn't mean the storm's going to stop, but in the middle of that storm, you know that God is on your side. You are protected in a wide place that the world cannot touch you. The world system doesn't have any control over you when you have the peace of God. Isn't that amazing? Listen, the world doesn't have this. 
The world doesn't have this answer. We do. The church needs to look different. Amen. I want you to raise your expectations in this season. He said, but as for me, I trust you, O God. Now I'm feeling bold and secure and safe. And I say, you are my God. Verse 15, he says, my time and my seasons are in your hands. How good is that? We don't know when this season's going to change. We don't know when it's going to look different or what it's going to look like when it happens. But it's okay because the season is in the hands of God. How good is that? Do you think God can't stabilize this world? Come on, it's God. God can stabilize. Right now, God is, I believe, planning this thing of the Spirit to stabilize this world, but to have his church arise in this season. I believe this shaking is happening because God's going to raise his church up. Amen? And we're going to be ready for that. He said, my time are in your hands. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Do you see how David had this incredible relationship with the Lord? He put his peace all in the hands of God. In this season, sometimes we just need to throw up our hands and let go and let God. Matthew said, worrying about it, has it changed anything anyway? Read Matthew 6. Has it changed anything? He said, but I I feed the birds of the air. Are you not more worthy than they? Listen, God has everything under control, doesn't he? He has everything under control. I believe in this season of the church, we need to expect God to move in the supernatural. We need to expect the supernatural. America has not really seen in many years a supernatural movement. I think since back in the, I don't know, when would it it have been, the 80s, there was a move of God. And then the world sees the supernatural. The world sees a lot of signs, wonders, and miracles. But America has not because we've put our trust in the world. We're too comfortable in the world system and the pleasures of this world. And now that we don't really have all those comforts, it's time to get focused and let God open up the supernatural realm. When I was 11 years old, I had um, asthma, and during this time in Illinois, um, tons of children were admitted to the hospital. They were staying there weeks at a time, and many of the children were losing their lives because whatever was in the air it was affecting asthmatic patients, and they were dying. Children were dying. There were so many kids actually in the hospital wing floors that I had to be put in the adult wing, which I drove every adult nuts because I went room to room talking to everybody with my little, my little drain thing. But Anyway, while I was there, I was just a kid, and every night this nurse would come in, and she had on a white outfit, and it had a white, um, remember back in the World War I days, they'd wear the white little hats, and she was really sweet, and every time she'd walk in, I would just feel this peace, and she would talk to me, and she'd take lotions, and she'd put it on my arms, and she'd put baby powder on me, and, and I would go sound asleep. And this happened every night that I was in the hospital. Well, thank you, Jesus. I survived. You know, uh, children were dying, but God blessed me, and I was healed. And I told my mom at the end of the stay, I said, you know, this nurse has been coming in every, every night when you guys leave, and she just takes care of me, and I fall asleep, and she's really pretty. And so my mom went to the nurse's station to thank them for that service. You know, that's so great that you had that for my daughter. And the lady goes, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have that kind of service. And I believe the Lord sent a woman that was an angel into my room every night, and I believe the presence of the Lord was healing me. See, that's the supernatural. I don't mean get spooky about it all, because there'll be spookiness, and there'll be things that the enemy will manifest, but I'm talking about as the church. Let's start believing God. There are angels here on earth. 
There are warring angels here on earth. We got to quit looking at this natural world that this, the world lives in, but we live in the kingdom. The supernatural world is so powerful. Every Sunday morning, this is no joke, and this is a joke, but no joke. I pull out of my, my garage. Every Sunday morning, my garage acts up. You know how it starts beeping like something's in the way? Every Sunday morning, it's so frustrating. So this morning, I was like, it's probably my angel with his big wings. I'm like, would you get out of the way quicker? Totally kidding, but I did kind of have that thought. But nonetheless, hey, there's angels, amen? There's the supernatural realm that we've got to get excited about. We've got to be expecting about. And when you have a heart of expectation, God's going to show up on the scene. And when, you, when you're ready, God will start giving you miracles. You'll start discerning the things of the Spirit, amen? You'll start discerning the enemy and recognize the Spirit of the living God. This is not a doomsday time. I don't know if I said this in this service, but I'm telling you, this is not a doomsday season. You'll hear doomsday preachers out there. I don't believe it. I believe the church is going to arise like never before. I feel it so strong in my spirit. Why? Because God will not go down underneath. God is going to go above. He's going to go out with glory, and I can't wait. I know people's going to walk in that back door with blinded eyes, and they're going to be open. I believe people in wheelchairs are going to walk out of them. Why? Because we're going to see the supernatural. Amen? And I am just honing in, God, I want your church to look like your church. I want this world to be touched with your power. I don't want to play fluffy church games. Amen? We want to get positioned for what God wants to do. So thank you, Jesus. All right. I want to close with this this morning. Remember, peace is a position of trust. Peace is a position of trust. I'm going to trust the Lord. If you look at Proverbs 3, verse 5, and we all know this verse, or most of us probably do, but I want to break down how important this verse is. Two parts about how God wants us to have peace. Number one is you don't depend on yourself. Peace is not about what you can solve or fix or make happen. Amen? And the first part of Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And that word heart there means your seat of emotions. It's your soul. He's saying bring your soul into this refuge place. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understandings. So that means this season of blessings is not about me. The favor, whatever it is, it's not about me. I don't have to lean on my own understanding. I don't know. As a pastor, I don't even know what the church is going to look like next. You know how hard that is to lead a church that you just don't know what God's doing yet? But I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. And I'm not leaning on my own understanding. But the rest of that verse goes on, in all my ways, I acknowledge you. All my ways, I acknowledge you. Why? Because you direct my path. You direct my path. Amen. I don't know what it looks like. You don't know what it looks like. But in all my ways, I'm acknowledging you. You are king. You are Lord. You are living. The promises of God are yes, and they are amen. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. Trusting in the Lord with all of my heart. Amen. He's stabilizing me. He's stabilizing my emotions. And we come out on the other side of this thing, we're going to be so ready for what God has. Amen. We're going to be so ready. In all my ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. What does that mean? I'm talking to God. I'm talking to God. 
Amen. I'm not going to talk about my problems. I'm going to talk to God. And I'm going to trust him in this season. Listen, as you sit here this morning, you are sitting in a wide place. Amen. You're not restricted. You're not held captive. You're not in bondage. The world would say that, but not in God. We're in a wide place. Let's dream. Let's believe God. Let's put our faith out there. Let's trust him. Amen. And let's ask God for the gift of discernment. That's the one gift we need, gift of discernment. Everything else will fall into place. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning for this incredible church. I thank you, Lord, that you are stirring our hearts and positioning our hearts where you want them. That, God, I know you're moving this thing very slowly. You're, you're steadying the ship. It's almost like I see uh, like a large, uh, like a Titanic boat like that, that you can't spin it overnight and change, but the course is changing. That's what I see the Lord is doing. The, the, it's changing and it's gradual. Your heart, your heart is like that ship and God's turning it towards him turning it towards the kingdom things and the supernatural. And God, we thank you for that. Thank you for putting this church right where you want it to be. Holy Spirit, have your way in this church and every family, every, all their children, God, and their businesses. We ask, Lord, that you bless these people, God. Bless their businesses, Lord. Let it be overflow in this season. Let them have a heart of expectation and favor like never before, Father God. And any restraints in their minds that are holding them captive, Father, just break that in the name of Jesus. And let us begin to see what you see and hear what you hear. Father, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said, amen. I love you all so much. God bless you.